Hello, my name is Jody Lee Ma, and welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk about the children's books we love. On this twice-monthly podcast, posted on the first and third Monday of each month, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts about their own favorite children's books. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Holly Haddam. Uh, she's illustrator of the recently released picture book, Dear Baby, as well as the previous related books, Dear Girl and Dear Boy. And we're going to be talking about the middle grade novel, Just As Long As We Are Together. And that was written by Judy Bloom. Uh, but first, as always, I'm going to start with a poem. And this one today is called Seeds, and it was written by Javanka Steptoe. Seeds. You drew pictures of life with your words. I listened and ate these words, you said, to grow up strong. Like the trees I grew, branches, leaves, flowers, and then the fruit. I became the words I ate in you. For better or worse, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My guest today is Holly Haddam, illustrator of such books as Dear Girl, Dear Boy, Dragons Are Real, and Happy Right Now. Her latest book is Dear Baby, with text by Paris Rosenthal. You can find her website at www.hollyhaddam.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. As I mentioned, your your latest book that you've illustrated is Dear Baby, um, with text by Paris Rosenthal. Uh, can you talk a little bit of what this book is about? Um, so this is the third book in the series, and it's just filled with loving advice and encouragement for the little ones, just to remind them that the world is big, bright, um, and that they can do anything. And it's basically what Dear Girl and Dear Boy was about, but they, those were addressed to girls and boys, and this one is now for the babies out there. And, and what would be the anticipated, like, usually p picture books, parents read them, so this would be something they'd share with their babies, or maybe it would be older children just sort of looking back at when they were babies. Yes, and I think it would make a really perfect gift from moms-to-be at baby showers, and even for, like, grandparents as an older as an older, like me, I would give this to my mom. Like, I think it would be such a sweet thing, a sweet little book. So not just for uh, parents with children, but just for adults, just uh, want, having that sort of emotional connection about uh, when they had babies in their own lives and when they were parents as well. Yes, exactly. Now, this is the, the third book that you've done uh, with Paris, is that correct? Or I don't know if you've done other books. Uh, yes, it's the third one. And we're actually working on a fourth one oh. coming coming in 2021. Okay. Uh, and what is the collaborative process uh, between you two with this with these uh, books? Is it, um, I'm, I don't know if there's, a, there's the text first and then the pictures, or you work together in tandem, or how, how, how is your particular process that you two work together? Well, the text comes first. And then once it's revised and gone through the editor, it's given to me. And that's when I start doing the illustrations for it. And it's not very often or common for an illustrator and author to even get to speak or meet to each other. But in this case, Paris and I, we do communicate back and forth. She sometimes gets some input on the sketches, but usually authors won't even get the input. But she she has throughout all three books so far. So we've worked in that way. But it's not really as collaborative as people would believe 
And, and what is it for you when you get a piece of uh, text? Because um, I have to say, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a very artistic person. So I, it's hard for me to imagine that you get a piece of text and thinking about what to draw. So what do you do when you get that piece of uh, text and just thinking about how do I put this in, you know, visualize this, you know, show this in a visual way? When I first receive a manuscript, I'll read it completely through um, just to get the feeling for it. And then I'll read it again. And I'll jot down notes on the margins of different visions or feelings that come up as I'm reading the words and any ideas that come to mind. And I have to, I have to really envision the manuscript, or I won't take the the project just because it's, I'm not inspired by it. So I feel like I wouldn't produce a very good book out of it. So I always have to make sure to read it fully, be inspired by it, be able to see it in my mind first, before I even begin any sort of sketching. And I usually go by my gut, my feeling. That's, that's the thing that rules me a lot in my art. It's everything I always want to create with the emotion in mind or emotion that I want to invoke in the viewer or the reader. So that's my number one priority. So you really have to feel that personal connection with the text, uh, be inspired by it in some way to go forward. Yes, fully. Uh, and how did you get started as um, being an illustrator? It's something that I've always wanted to do since I was really little. I've, I still have picture books that I created from when I was eight years old. Um, but for some reason... Just in my life, I went in a different direction and studied graphic design, but I learned that that's not what I was meant to do. And I finally had the courage in 2013 to just, I said, enough is enough. And I stopped what I was doing at that time. I was running my own business doing wedding invitations. I was so unhappy. So I just decided that I need to do it now. So I just put up some artwork on my website and I started emailing publishers, and that's how I got my start. Uh, and for um, uh, people who might be starting out, who might be interested in illustrating, particularly for, for children's books, so like picture books or other kinds of books, is there an, uh, a bit of advice just from going through the experience of you know deciding you want to do this and, and, and being successful at it? What's uh, one bit of advice you give to somebody who wants to pursue that uh, a similar path? Honestly, the thing that has helped me the most is that I've always been a reader. So I've always been reading books, whether it's picture books, even like chapter books, middle grade books, anything um, that has helped me a lot. Also, just always keep keep creating art. That's how it took me years to develop my style. Don't compare yourself to any artist. By all means, become inspired by them. But you need to find your own style and it can take years to do that. Also, an agent really helps. So I would tell people to research agents that fit with your particular style or writing style or illustration style. But you need to first have a body of work to show these agents. And an agent can get you through the publishing doors a lot easier than I feel like you could do yourself. You can for sure do it on your own. I did get my first book contract by myself. But once I signed with the agent is when my career really took off. So I feel like the agent is 
one of the most important things in my career. It helped me the most. That sounds interesting. Sounds like very similar um, advice that uh, I've heard for people who want to uh, write uh, children's books to, you know, be familiar with a lot of books, do the do the work, you know, write. You need to write a lot and become familiar. Get your own voice and and also get an agent. Uh, so that sounds like um, a, a very sort of familiar thing for people who want to do the text part as well. Just uh, the same idea. You need to be familiar and and do the work and and get somebody behind you too. Yes, for sure. Now, the the book you picked as one of your uh, favorite young readers' books is uh, Just As Long As We Are Together, and this was by uh, Judy Bloom. And uh, for readers who haven't had a chance to read this book, and I have to admit, I had not read this book uh, before um, before you had chose it, and I've had a chance to read it since, can you talk a little bit of what the book is about? It's really just about three 12-year-old girls and their friendship and just their life and the ups and downs that you go through as a 12-year-old. And I read this when I was younger than 12 and it was just, the book has become a familiar friend to me. Like it, my copy is so tattered and so worn. Like it's the first one, I have the book that came out the first year and it's just, and I just recently reread it again and it's just so I don't know what it is. I think back then when I was a kid, it's just reading about the friendships and it helped me a lot. If I felt like I was friends with those three girls in the book. And it sounds like you've read it at various times uh, since when you were younger uh, to now. And has the sort of uh, the, the book changed for you in some way when you go back to it each time or do you find new things in it? I... Honestly, I just finished it again yesterday mm-hmm. and reading the passages, I still, the passages that used to be my favorite as a 12 year old were still my favorite as a 40 year old. And I still remember it so vividly. Like I remember myself a, as a 12 year old reading this book and how comforting those specific passages or chapters were to be. And I still feel that now as a 40 year old. The the narrator of this book is Stephanie Stephanie Hirsch, and so she she's the one telling uh, the story. So, what is it about her as a character that's so appealing that we want to spend pretty much the whole novel hearing the um, the story told in her voice? I feel like she's so genuine. Like she's someone that I would want to be friends with. She seems really loyal, and just the big emotions that she f- feels. I feel like that was me when I was younger. Like the ups and downs that I felt when I was at that age. And she just seemed so relatable to me. And one of the focal points is her relationship with these other two girls. Uh, there's her friend, Rachel, who she's, who's been a better friend for a long time, and a new friend, Allison. And what is it about these two that, uh, that they have this connection? Or, or who are these girls and why do they have this connection between each other? Steph and Rachel, they've been friends since they were two and I feel like as they've gotten older, they have grown apart, but they ha- were they were comfortable in their in their friendship. And then this Allison came along. Um, she was the new kid, but she was more, I think, like outgoing and more child childlike, like Steph was more happy go lucky. And I think that's where she fit in to the three. Like she she made them a happier threesome, I think. 
At the time they have this discussion about, you know, can you have more than one best friend? Is that even possible? And uh, there's uh, there's there, there's a connection between the two, but it's, there's also this sort of this um, competition that uh, between uh, between them as well. You know, you know who's who's the better friend. So there's that sort of tension that goes uh, between the three as well. Yes, and that's why it was relatable as well because I feel like every girl does go through that. I know that I did. You, oh, there's always someone's always going to feel left out. Um, and as you grow older, the your best friend from maybe a couple of years ago may not be your best friend in a couple more years. And it's just the story of just growing and getting older, and that it's everything's okay. And do you think Judy Bloom has this sort of particular understanding about the nature of friendship between girls, especially girls this particular uh, age, sort of this um, middle school age? I've, I've read a lot of her books and she just, it's as if she, she just really understands kids. I don't like, I don't know if she's tapping in from her own childhood, but just reading her books, you would not think that an adult wrote them. You would, it, like, it just feels so genuine to me that I feel like a kid was writing these books. And she's not afraid. I, I think that uh, with Judy Bloom, uh, I, I think this was written in 1970. I maybe remember. No, I think it was later on uh, in the 80s. But she's been writing uh, these kind of books for a while. And she often deals with uh, topics that uh, previously in kids' book would be considered inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, but but she doesn't talk down. So she doesn't talk down to her audience. She'll delve into topics because there are you know, things that are happening in kids' lives that are important to them are things they have to deal with. Uh, yes. In this book, especially, like, there's, she talks a lot about puberty and what a 12-year-old girl goes through. So those were things that I feel like, as a 12-year-old girl, you don't necessarily want to hear from your own mom. <laughs> Could be a little embarrassing. So I don't, it, that's why I, I, really, I really connected with the book. So it's almost like having a, 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 in reading the book, having a friend to be able to talk to or listen to about those things you don't want to talk about with your parents. Oh, yes, exactly. And the other thing she discusses in this book is uh, Stephanie and her parents, you know, because uh, there's a moment where she discovers that her parents, uh, she does, has no idea that their parents have actually been separated and we get to see how she responds um, to this this news. Yes, which was also another real moment. Like I myself didn't have to deal with that as a kid, but just the way she wrote about her moods and how she took out her anger and frustration on the friendships, and that is what put a strain on it. It was it was just lovely to read. It was just it felt real to me. Yeah, and, and the way she responds, she she starts uh, her sort of stress thing, which I think a lot of us could deal with. Is she starts eating, um, yeah. and that's that's her method of dealing with the stress. Yeah, yes. They at one point they call her El Chunko in the book, and and that becomes a problem. You know, then it becomes a self image thing, and then it's sort of. Um, and then I think even these days, a lot of kids can uh, sort of uh, relate to that. Of uh, you deal with things, I with stress by doing something and then you regret doing that and then you sort of get stuck in a cycle. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. I feel like that hasn't changed in the times kids are still dealing with the same issues. Well, what struck me about this book too, it's, 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 um, there's not like a lot of, uh, 
big moments. There's obviously, you know, there's a, there's conflict, there's resolution and there's a beginning, middle and end, but it's a lot of like little moments, little sort of small observed moments, uh, that, you know, gets us into the lives of these characters and what's important to them. And I'm wondering what other authors could learn about how she constructs a story. It isn't just, she isn't just focused on plot, but she's really focused on all sort of the little moments in these characters' lives that are important to them as well. Yeah, I don't know. The little moments is what's important to kids, though, I feel. That's why it doesn't have to be a big, huge issue or a problem in a book. It was just, it was really focused on these three girls' friendships and their day-to-day lives, the little things that you take for granted and how it can affect you day-to-day. And was there a particular moment in the book that really sort of connected with you or struck you? As a, this is something that uh, I can relate to, or there were many, um, but for some reason, like there's, I don't know why. I I think it was because as I was a really shy kid and I hated to do public speaking or had any attention on me. And there's a page in the book where Rachel is getting ready for a debate, and it's five minutes long, and Steph is saying, well, why are you so worried? It's just a five-minute debate. And Rachel makes her stand in the middle of the room and makes her stand there for five minutes doing nothing and asked her, tell me when you believe five minutes has passed. And only like a minute and something has gone by and Steph's like, okay, it's over. And I don't know why that still as a 40-year-old, it's it, I don't know why. I think it's because I was such a shy kid so I could understand and I could feel how uncomfortable that would be if I were in that position. So that's always been a part that stuck out to me. Five minutes can seems like a short time, and sometimes it can feel like a lifetime, depending. <laughs> yes. Now, I was thinking, I'm always fascinated with, with titles of books. And this one, the title, Just As Long As We're Together, and what it means to the story. And I think it, it could almost have uh, a, f- a few meanings, like thinking about their friendship, but also about thinking about Stephanie and, and her parents as well. And I wonder if you, you thought about the title and what it means to, uh, or sometimes I don't know, titles sort of give us an idea of how we're supposed to look at a book too. I do. I be- There are so many different relationships in there. It was Stephanie and her parents and between her brother and then Allison with her adoptive parents and how they ended up getting pregnant with their own baby. And she was worried that they wouldn't love her anymore but again it's just just as long as we're together i feel like it came around in every relationship and there's a certain bittersweetness to it because sometimes sometimes things don't like with her parents uh you know she wants them to be together but it it's uh you know sometimes things don't work out and you have to deal with that reality too yes for sure now is there a passage from the book that you'd like to share there is the passage is it's a little a little poem that the three of them sang together and it's through all kinds of weather what if the sky should fall just as long as we're together it doesn't matter at all and i remember i had written that down as a kid and i had written it in a letter to my best friend so that's always been a pa- my favorite passage in the book and that so it connects with the title as well mhm and that's what, yeah, and that kind of comes back to you know, you always want your friends to be there forever, but sometimes things happen. And I guess that's that's part of the the book as well. Even though they do actually, uh, Stephanie and Rachel do, even though they have a falling out, they do get back together in the end. 
They do, and but the relationship has evolved. It's not the same as it used to be, and that's okay. Like, and even if they didn't end up being friends again, it's just those people were that there at that time of your life for a reason to teach you something. That's how I look at it. Well, Holly, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me both about your own work and, and working as an illustrator and for uh, taking the time to talk to me about this um, book today. Thank you so much for having me. You can find Holly's website at www.hollyhadam.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music titled All Together is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can visit me at jleemont.com or follow me on Twitter at DreamGardensJLM. The Dream Gardens podcast is also available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. And if you'd like to participate in the Dream Gardens podcast, go to the contact page on my website and send me a note telling me who you are and what book you'd like to talk about. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading. <laughs>